Hey, Melissa. Hey, Craig. How are you? I'm fucking great. Are you jacked up? Super jacked up. It's been a great week in Boston sports. Goddamn right it has. Are you sleep deprived? Uh, <laughs> ha, it's funny you mention that. Yes, I am. In <laughs> fact, very much sleep deprived. It's been a long week. It has been too. a long week and a hell of a weekend. And there's lots to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get into all of uh, everything that's been going on. But most importantly, obviously, the Red Sox. And the end of their season. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, we're kind of neglecting everything else that's been going on. We're heavy, yeah, we're heavy, we're heavy World Series this episode. You all get a buy. All right, enjoy it because yeah. it's over now, people. There are some times where I really like having a weekly podcast, and there are other times where I'm like, God, that's too much. We can't talk about everything today. So this is one of those episodes. We're all World Series, so buckle be. up. Should be pretty fun. Uh, enjoy the episode. Red Sox won the World Series this week, Melissa. Did you know this? I have heard that. What do you know? Fucking they title fucking town. did it. <laughs> Further uh, bolstering the namesake of this podcast. Exactly. We got it. You know what's funny? We're killing so it. So I was out of town this week, and mm-hmm. I flew in last night, Monday night. And Big time. <laughs> I was like thinking they might do this. Fucking the pilot's like... I'd like to welcome you to Boston, Massachusetts, home of the 2018 World Champion Boston Red Sox. And everybody on the plane's like, Woo! <laughs> and the woman next, like two seats over from me in my little row of three, but yeah. not right next to me, she goes, welcome to Titletown. And everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. You're like, lady, have I got a show for you. Man, I wish we had fucking business cards yeah, you stickers been or something. Like, I would have been like, Oop. here you go. Welcome indeed. <laughs> Uh, anyways, some other shit happened though yeah. around the around town. So let's get to that, and then we'll dive into Fine. the World Series. Let's stuff. do it. Go ahead. Well, the Patriots played a Monday night game against the Bills this week up in good old Buffalo. They ultimately won twenty five to six, but it sure wasn't pretty. If you watch that game, it was the fourth quarter before they managed to score a touchdown. And thankfully, the Bills are trash, so they also couldn't find their way into the end zone. We saw McCordy. Devin, I think. It was Devin. Okay. Pick off Anderson and run it back for six, which, amazingly, the first Patriots defensive touchdown in 40 games. Wow. I was shocked when no. they said that. Oh, yes, yeah. The Van it was special, special teams. teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, had yeah. that same conversation. <laughs> it was like last week, and I was like, that was special teams. Three phases of the game. Defensive like, player. Shut up. Defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. Anyway, um, that was the longest stre- active streak in the NFL. Yeah, is that just crazy? Well, I was shocked. I mean, I didn't need that stat to know the Patriots defense sucked, but now I have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is multi-season sucking. Anyway, we next see the Patriots when they take on Aaron Rodgers and the pack in Gillette. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers first start in Gillette, in fact. Yeah. Um, it's another Sunday night game. So the no sleep <laughs> yeah, for New right. England trend continues on. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just need a good one o'clock game, people. Mm. I need to get some rest. Well, fuck's sake. No more baseball is definitely helpful. Yeah. That was, that, was a, that was a tough, tough weekend. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a long postseason. <laughs> uh, Bruins. Yeah, they play. They play. Uh, last week, the Bees won two on the road in Ottawa and Philly and then dropped big rivalry game to the Canadians at home, which was apparently a snoozer. Um, I was following along on Twitter. Joe Haggerty wrote a whole big piece on NBC Boston, I think. Oh, really? He writes for about like how the Canadians Bruins thing is pretty much dead. Yeah. Which after one game, it's like, okay, buddy, relax. Sure. 
Anyways, it was their first loss at the Garden this season. Uh, one guy who's probably glad the Sox have done so well is Tuka Rask, who let up the three goals against Montreal and has looked shaky compared to Yaroslav Halak, his backup, <laughs> my boy. Uh, this week they're playing at Carolina and at Nashville before they come home for four games. And we'll see the probably going to see the return of Tori Krug in the Carolina game, Dave Backus in the Nashville game. Uh, injury bugs hit the team a little bit here and there. So getting some of these guys back would be great. Shore up the D, get some stability uh, on the offensive lines. And yeah, Tukarask has, I was going to say skated. That's a bad, <laughs> stupid pun. Tukarask has definitely avoided some heat that he otherwise uh-huh. would, you would think, be subjected to uh, if the Red Sox weren't dominating. And I mean, this part of the hockey season is like, you, it's even if forget the Red Sox for a second. I mean, you got football going on, so like sure. that's enough of a cover. So he's like two stories deep. Yeah, maybe even three. Yeah, because I mean, the Celtics are garnering people want to see yeah, this Kyrie yeah. Hayward. He thing. is lucky because like if this was fucking March. yeah <laughs> March April May, like it would be like dude yeah brutal. You suck, which yeah. he has and continues to do. Yeah, those slow starts for Tuka are not not great. Not great. He's got to figure that out. Uh, speaking of the Celtics, they yes. lost to uh, Orlando, Ugh. as one of our friends called them, the Orlando Tragic. Gross. Which that's a good name. That like was that. good. It made me laugh. Um, yeah, gross loss. Good oh yeah. Name. Uh, they lost to them at the beginning of the week, but then rebounded with wins against OKC and the Pistons. Who they actually beat the P- Pistons pretty handily. It was like one hundred nine to eighty nine. Okay. So that okay. looked. They looked. Sure. They looked better. Uh, Daniel Tice is now out indefinitely with a slight tear in his plantar fascia. Ooh. How do you like that? But it looks like Baines will be returning from his hamstring issue. Didn't even know he was out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's because it's been the World Series. Yep. Another team getting a lot of shade. Coming up, they're going to play against Detroit again. Then they face off against the Bucks and the and somebody else who's not the Pistons. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, quick Celtics fashion note. Let's hear it. I'm excited about this. Nike has a deal with the NBA that has all teams wearing a rotation of four different uniforms. Right. There's a report out there that the Celtics uh, will debut new city uniforms. They're going to be white with green lettering and gold trim. And if you haven't seen it, Google it. But I dig them way more than the gray ones they wore last year. They're, yeah. pre- they're sick looking. The grays were lame. Yeah, they're dumb. The black is sick. The black is cool. Uh, obviously, you've got your classic whites, classic greens. Yeah. This one is very... Fucking every dude in Southie will buy this jersey. <laughs> so if the Nike, if Nike is looking to drum up jersey sales, which of course they in, are, in, uh, you're gonna see eight thousand of these Hayward jerseys walking around Castle Island yeah, in the next couple sure, of months. <laughs> sure, uh, they're very classic retro looking. Yeah, the gold trims. It's I'm okay with it. I like it. I'm all right with it. Anyway, what do you know? The Celtics have this problem <laughs> where they're like a classic franchise with classic jerseys. So there's, they're like. They don't want to go too crazy. Right. You can tell that they're being deliberately conservative with this like mandatory third, fourth jersey thing. Uh, right. Because the Shamrock's iconic. You don't need. Yeah. Just you know, Celtics, but whatever. Yeah. Like it's like, it's all good. It, it's, but bo- like, it's Boston across the So front. they're really just sort of like making changes, like little yeah. nibbling around little the edges tweaks. of the jersey. They should just really just fucking send it. Yeah. They should just tell you. The Bruins did. Bruins third jerseys with like the bear on the front. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It was sick. Uh, not the one from the 90s where the bear looked very complacent. <laughs> Uh, with that yellow jersey. I'm talking about the new bear, the yeah. side profile bear. The all Not just like sad bear. Yeah, like yeah the complacent Zoo bear. bear. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And that yeah. brings us to the baseball team. Your Boston Red Sox, Melissa, your 2018 Boston Red Sox are now officially the World Series 
champions for the fourth time in 15 years. They beat the Los Angeles Dodgers four games to one, clinched the championship on the road again. I, I think all four have been on the road. Uh, 13 was in Fenway. Oh. Yeah. But most of them have been on the road. Was St. Louis the home team that year? No, it just went to six games. I don't remember. Well, yeah, it was game they, six. So they oh, must yeah, okay. not okay. have been. Anyhow. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, curse of being the home team and being really good yeah. means that three, four, five right. are all on the road. Uh, so let's fucking get right into this thing and talk about the series. What did you think about it, Melissa? Good series, bad series, fun series, boring series? Mm. What'd you think? I thought overall it was a pretty fun series. Yeah, I thought it was fucking awesome. I, I was excited to see the way they played and the way they like finished it out. You know, you we've talked, obviously at nauseam about them being a 108 win team like i wasn't sure they would make it through the national league but damn do they prove me wrong they just kind of like everyone just seemed to come up in the way that they needed to yeah to like shut it down yeah i i, I was highly entertained by the series i think la is a a wonderful opponent <laughs> they're very hateable yeah they're super uh, hateable. the boston la thing like you forget about how i mean it's really like it's not that we're so like whatever like blue collar normal likable whatever it's just that la is so celebrity glitzy fucking unlikable like any any other city in america would have the same hatred towards la that we have you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah um like i don't hate la because larry bird and magic johnson i wasn't alive no yeah i don't, I don't really care about give that. A shit about that yeah uh but like fucking watching la games where they like do the like you know the the mandatory montage of celebrities in the stands where I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I don't care that Pat Sajak is at this game like I <laughs> He's don't like, we're digging fucking deep for celebrities <laughs> don't do like why do you have to do that and you know the pl- additionally you have the players on the field fucking Machado and Puig oh, yeah. really unlikable guys yeah um so yeah I thought the series was fucking great I also predicted Sox in five. You did. Thank you Nailed very it. much. And yeah, I mean, the, the Sox fucking dominated this playoffs. They lost one game to each team. Yeah. They only lost one game on the road. Yeah. And it was the fucking 18 hour marathon, yeah, 18 which, inning, like, seven hour marathon. I would have been ready to just end like, it too. <laughs> are you kidding? Like that of the, like, that's a crazy statistic to me. Like the fact that they just think about like, just what does each ballpark hold? Call it like 40,000 people. Sure. So 40,000 people across two, five, eight away games. Just like watch their team get dominated. Th- by. Yeah, that's 320,000 people <laughs> that are just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I paid so much money for this. Except for, the, except for the people that happened to be. And the people that didn't get their days ruined by the Sox in their home park yeah. were the ones they had to sit there for seven hours to see it happen. <laughs> like the Red Sox just yeah. fucking bummed out the entire such a good point. fucking yeah. opponent's fandom. And so really, if you were a Dodgers fan and you stayed for that whole fucking game, you were bummed out anyway. <laughs> that was a, that's a long ass fucking well, time to be at a baseball game. Yeah, you could look at it two ways. Though. You did get two games for the press of one. Sure thing. Eighteen that is that the is a ultimate, full two games of baseball. Ultimate free baseball. I don't. I am a baseball fan, and I I don't want I don't want to be there for eighteen games. The one uh, saving uh, grace. Innings, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> the one saving grace is at least it was in West LA. Coast time. So yeah. well, West Coast time, and they were fucking freezing their asses off. Yeah, it wasn't true. like forty degrees and like plummeting. Oh yeah. I forgot about the cold. I was, I was picturing what it would have been like. You know, it's but yeah, I was like, yeah, they were playing replays of that the next day of the long game. And we'll ask we'll talk a little bit more specifically about the super long game in a minute. Yeah. But they were like showing replays of it the next day and they like fl- like, you know, your classic like cut to the in stadium clock. Yeah. 
and it was like 1159. I was like, 1159? <laughs> That's nothing. You should <laughs> flip to the fucking yeah. shot Boston of the clock. bar I'm watching in an East Coast time where I'm it getting just been a door pushed out by bouncers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fucking three in the morning. The lights are just 11.59 is not dramatic. Like that no. is not like, I know. that's not that crazy. So Everybody stays up till midnight. It's not a big deal. Yeah, Except like the, midnight I can handle. Yeah. 3 a.m. I got shit to do. I You're right. Yeah. If that was in, in the East Coast, people would have been getting fucking hypothermia. Yeah, it would have been cold. Because when you get to that game at eight o'clock, it's not that cold and you don't expect to be there till three in the morning yeah so uh what do you think about that big long game three 18 innings I, I, I thought when it happened that it was going to be their undoing for their time in la did you think that as it was happening or only uh, when they lost as it was happening as it was getting later into the game mm -hmm. i would say um because I, I just thought Cora overplayed his hand a little bit. Like it felt like he got a little too into the National League strategy Hard magic that like, oh, you got to double switch and double switch and, yeah. and don't let your pitcher bat more than twice. And I was like, the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like I'm watching pitchers come in for one batter. And I was like, I feel like you're trying to embrace this like National League idea. I also don't feel like that's how the National League manages their pitchers. Yeah. And then we watched Ivaldi have the longest start in the entire postseason <laughs> yeah, in the, the middle of the game or the end of the game. I guess it ended up being, and and he was supposed to be your game four starter at the time. Yeah, in between between the time they pulled Porcello out and put Ivaldi in, so that was like I think the fifth and the thirteenth. Yeah, uh, it was like it got a little cute. You had one at bat from Andrew Benintendi, who at that point was hitting like five hundred or something right, in the series. Right. JD Martinez also got pulled for a pinch runner. Who was Ian Kinsler, who had the oh, most who then muffed two plays. Most ridiculous fucking trip around the bases of all time. So JD JD Martinez gets on base in the late innings. Yeah. And gets Kinsler, lifted. Kinsler yeah. uh gets put in, which at the time I thought was stupid. I, I did too. Like JD Martinez, not the fastest guy in the world. Ian Kinsler, also not the fastest guy in the world. Faster than JD, but like it's not like he's like some specialist. And he fucking He's no, he's no Dave Roberts. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh and he fucking Gets I think they picked successfully picked him off at first uh, base. Agree. And then, but fortuitously, the call was safe and they didn't see enough to overturn. Yeah. So he was one of those called safe Sox ultimately. Calls. So yeah, basically gets picked off at first base, overslides third base, yeah, and almost, gets, almost gets picked off again and gets then gets thrown out at home. Yeah, and like not even close. <laughs> There's your pinch runner. Who's like, sending him? In that, brutal. I was like, Jesus, he's not even close. Yeah, so that like was, I just rifled it in from center and he was out by. 45 feet yeah he was yeah. only like halfway down the baseline when not a good trip around the bases for ian kinsler who then i think it was what what was that the 11th or 12th when the red sox got up the 13th no yeah. i think it was later yeah you're right yeah uh um, i think ivaldi came in on the 11th and he they went up in the 13th yeah because okay. he pitched seven right right, right 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 um yeah so when the Sox go up with like a throwing error uh, you know yeah. just sloppy crappy baseball in the top of whatever inning yeah, because it's been 13 fucking innings. Yeah, and then in the bottom, Kinsler gets the ground ball that could seal the deal, and he throws it yeah. 100 fucking feet away from Christian Vasquez, who's never played first base in his life. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he's not digging it out of the dirt. Like, it's going to be spot on at his glove, Yeah, like you're a pitcher to a catcher for him to grab it. Right, and right. Yeah, so that was... I agree with you. Like, that felt like... Although my, my opinion on this was only after the game, because, like... Because uh, uh, once, the, once like that 13th, all that stuff happened, Yeah. right? That's when the game really was like, 
<sighs> like you could tell, like both teams were like, fuck. Yeah, now like what? Both had broken through and managed to score a run each. Right. And then it really just sort of like solidified. <laughs> like, <going>. yeah. <laughs> and you had Evaldi like throwing fucking bullets. Like he's basically making a start, like you said. Yeah. And I was concerned because he has been, he had to that point been your most consistent starter. And now there's zero chance you're using him in game yeah. four. And he was doing what he did. He was, he was wheeling yeah. up there yeah. like Nathan Baldy. He let made one like, run up in seven fucking innings. Like, yeah. Like that's great. That, that's great. Quality you start. Take that, uh, take that <laughs> any way you can get it. But yeah, I mean, I, I could understand what core was doing in the one sense. Like he was managing like to win, which is, which is what he's been doing this sure. whole postseason. It's been working like pulling starters yeah. out of the bullpen and, possibly jeopardizing future starts for current right you Worry know, about today's today. game like that was like his philosophy and it like really fucked him uh in this game and i was aff- really afraid that like this would be providing the dodgers like the lift yeah that they needed to start to turn the series around and keep in mind also game four you know you've got a spot start from eddie rodriguez who was not ever it's supposed to be a starter nope. in the playoffs that is and the Sox were down four to one until the seventh inning. So like yeah. that whole time you're like, Oh shit. It really did. Or turn no, against not until it. the seventh in the seventh inning, they were four to one. Cause yeah. I think they hit that home run in the sixth, but you know, you've got the Dodgers who are like, you know, fucking right there. Like two to two was right well, there. The series you, tied I mean, at two was, was right in their hands. Right. And it, that's a momentum thing. Like Huge. they ended up prevailing. Now your game, you don't have your game four starter. Your bullpen's exhausted. Your whole team's tired. I mean, both teams ended up using, 23 players each yeah but like it just felt worse from the red sox perspective well when you're watching with that lineup of it was bets and bogarts both who did nothing point nothing that whole game yeah and Rito. then you had yeah, i think I don't bets know what went the like order for was, eight or something stupid. but you yeah 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 bets did and, and bogarts had maybe got on once but it was it was not pretty from either one of them and then you had two catchers jackie bradley <laughs> nunez two catchers leon yeah. and vasquez in the pitcher, like all trying to just, yeah, I think, both teams were just trying to jack home runs and hit the ball as absolutely hard as they could to win. And it was just a bunch of pop-ups and it, uh, it was brutal, brutal, brutal baseball. Like not like that was like an epic game, a historic game. It was not a good game no. <laughs> or an enjoyable game. Like that whole like second half, you know, was just like terrible. Baseball. It'll be one that you'll look back both on. Both runs like, scored on an error, like throwing errors from yeah, both teams. It's like brutal. You'll look back on that one like five years from now and be like, Oh God, that game was miserable. Right. Unless the Dodgers were able to turn it around, in which case oh. you would look back on that game and be like, Ian Kinsler is Bill Buckner. Yeah. Ian Kinsler yeah. should be the fucking happiest man in Boston right yeah. now. Cause like he was saved from a like, lifetime of ridicule and hate. Yeah. Seriously. By the people like, of imagine if that turned the series and the Dodgers won. Like obviously there was no situation under which the Dodgers could win the world series that game. Sure. But neither, neither was there for Bill Buckner though. I'm pretty sure that was game six. Yes. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Yeah. And there was also the, um, there was the classic, we've seen this in all three series, idiot social media person for the Dodgers after that game yeah. posted on Instagram the win and wrote, damage done. Damage it's done. Like, listen, dude, I, no, first of all, you, you won one. Like, good, but it's just one so far. You didn't tie the series up. Yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. win You're the still series. Losing. And it took you two games to win one game. Right. And it's like, literally both other teams did something like this mocking yeah. the Red Sox and it didn't work out for them. And yeah. now you've fallen victim to the same trap. <laughs> that one, that was like the lowest level troll job that yeah, like, it I wasn't can, even good. It wasn't. No. And it wasn't as like, uh, it wasn't as the New York, New York thing. I, I appreciate it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but in all three cases, 
it was teams after getting their first win of the series right. being like way overconfident that that's going to mean anything. And in all three cases, the win that they like shook was their ass about their was only the one. only win they got. The so only like, one. well done. Way to, way to, way to fucking. Yeah. Karma got you back. Yeah. On that one. Uh, yeah. Game four, I feel like was the, was the best game of the series and the most dramatic game of the series to me, just because you had Eddie Rodriguez not making like, like Eddie yeah. Rodriguez had no business starting that game, even though he's been a starting pitcher for his entire career. But like this sure. postseason, he was a bullpen guy and he had been a pretty buried bullpen, bullpen guy. He was basically the only times he pitched pretty much were to get out like a single left-handed hitter. And that's yeah. it. And so it, to me, when I was watching that, like every inning was an adventure. Cause like you never knew <laughs> when it was just going to you know? fall apart on him. I, I don't know. When yeah. was the last time you saw Eddie Rodriguez start? Like the last, his last start and must have, have been July start. or something. Yeah, I mean, it's I couldn't been even a tell while. you. So like that was an adventure to me. And then just the comeback of it. And like, I felt like that was the backbreaking game. Like I was nervous through all of game five, just cause it's a world series clinching sure. game. And like, obviously you're going to be like on edge, but yeah. it didn't really feel like, I felt like that was like the break, the backbreaking game for the Dodgers. Like well, that's not yeah. the team that's going to fight back from three, like, well, one. And because after winning that game three, like that should have been their chance to turn the series around. So for right. the Sox to come back and win game four with a spot start from a guy who wasn't in their starting rotation totally. is just like a nails in the coffin kind of mm-hmm. wham. It's also wild to think of like who the heroes of the series yeah. were like, and just of this postseason in general, like if I had told you in like, I don't know, June that we would win the world series and it would, we'd be, talking about how David Price should have won MVP. Yeah. How Joe Kelly is Pedro Martinez. Apparently, like, or <laughs> yeah. Joe Kelly is Mariano Rivera out of the bullpen. Yeah. And like Ryan Brazier and Matt Barnes are like all, right. you know, the Steve Pierce was going to be yeah. knocking dingers. Totally. Out. Like, I would have been like, who the fuck are you even talking about? It's particularly <laughs> in game five in the clinching game, like Price Kelly sale. That was the game. And they could have put anybody, they could have put yeah, me yeah, in there in the yeah. ninth and it wouldn't have made a difference. Like Price and Kelly just fucking dealt. I loved the move to sale in the ninth. I hated it. You did? I should say I hated oh, it, I but I didn't like it. it. Why? Because I don't know. He's just like, I just felt like it was, if you're the Dodgers and you know you have them back on their heels and they're, to your point, like they're not a team that's going to fight back. I feel like you put Chris Sale in there and they were just like, fuck, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. And just I mean, like, I, I guess from that perspective, you put in Kimbrell, at least in the back of their minds, they're like, maybe he'll walk ooh, the bases. Yeah. We, like he did yeah. last week. Right. Uh, He's been inconsistent. Yeah. And sure. like, we have a chance against him. You see Chris sale come walking out or running out of the bullpen. And you're like, oh, fuck, you know, it was sick. <laughs> when they had that shot on the broadcast behind Chris sale as he's walking out and like all the bullpen is like fucking yelling and screaming and like that's that was I've never seen that in a baseball game in my life. They were bullpen guys standing up up. by the door like fucking hollering like that was sick. Yeah. Like it moved. I I just felt like that whole team was like ready to go. Oh yeah. The teams even talked about during game four Chris sale like freaking out in the dugout and like showing some emotion. Did you see that? Yeah. On TV. Let's fucking go. And he I was, was like, fucking hollering. At oh, people. I was actually. So when was that? Was that game four? Yeah. So that was after the long game. Yeah. Right. So that was to me, I was like, mm, that, so like I said, game four to me was like the series. And I was nervous the whole time because it felt like the Red Sox were depth. This isn't a feeling. They were objectively vulnerable because they didn't have a real starting pitcher. When I saw Sale like losing his mind, I was like, uh, like, I don't know. Like if you're a position player are you really going to respond to like a starting pitcher who hasn't even done great? Like, yet? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not like I, I think what, like, starting pitchers are like pitchers and position players are kind yeah. of like different worlds Animals. on a baseball team. And it's like, 
ooh, I was like, if they lose, I, I don't know. Like to me, I wasn't like, yeah, Chris Sale's amp, we're gonna really? win. I was like, ooh. Like, I don't know if I really want that. If that was Mookie oh. Betts or Xander Bogarts or JD Martinez, like just a position, because he was yelling, he was like, he said, I, the only thing I could pick out from what he said was like, only took two fucking pitches, two fucking pitches, he kept saying. Like, because it was, like, what, what, what I think it was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I forget who hit the home run. Whatever. It's been, they've watched too much baseball over the last couple yeah. of years. But like, yeah, it was like a two pitch at bat and he jumped all over the guy and fucking like got closer to tying it up. I don't remember the score situation either. Sorry, yeah. people. Uh, <laughs> but fucking, yeah, like, I was like, I don't know if sale like being the rah-rah guy is necessarily the right thing. Here. Um, you know what I liked about it though, is that I think that this team and this pitching group more than any other, you know, typically to your point, like pitchers are kind of their own and, and they're very like by with their routine and yeah, they yeah, only yeah. pitch on their starting day. And like even the Dodgers pitchers were like, we're not coming out of the bullpen. We're on the starting pitcher. How dare you would ask yeah, me to do that? Totally. And I just think like this pitching staff proved that they were, they were in it to win it as much as every other position player every fucking day. And like people, you know, Alex core has since said like every pitcher was like, I'm ready to go for game four. If you need me, I'm including Evaldi. And he, it, I just think to me, it speaks to like, the culture that they built and like how they work together. And it's so the antithesis of the chicken and beer Red Sox yeah, from, oh yeah, you know, totally. a couple years ago that they were like, we're all in it. We're all here every day. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever you need. We're going to win together. And like, it didn't matter what your position was or what your role normally was. Like you were there to do what you were asked to do and yeah. to be the best you could be. And so I thought like Chris sale getting pumped and excited in the dugout mm -hmm. with all the rest of his players just spoke to like even when he's not pitching he right. was that invested because every game every at bat mattered mm -hmm. to all yeah of them. i mean and i don't know maybe that wasn't like that abnormal like i obviously don't know like what chris sales yeah. like role or personality <laughs> yeah. is like in the red sox uh clubhouse but at the time i was like oh i don't know well if a pitcher yelling to a bunch of position players about like how to hit and like that's <laughs> see that home run there boys like that's what you all need to do it's like you can see how that message would be like I guess P potentially I not well. Received. I didn't take it as Obviously that. Like it him worked. being like, you should have tightened up on your bat a little. Well, you really could have gotten it over that. If he if he had been like shouting all that shit at like Joe Kelly or Nathan Valdi or something like, then I would be like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's Chris Sale. Like, obviously, he's the best. I think he was just celebrating. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel like he was criticizing. I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't giving I, I was them feedback nervous. on Every, their batting. <laughs> there was nothing that the Red Sox could have done other than score runs and win the game that would have made me feel less nervous. So all those things that are just like side stories, I was like, oh, that's bad. We're fine. I don't like it. I don't like, don't, do that. don't do that. Um, I felt like I never thought I would say this, but I felt like David Price got robbed on that MVP. I feel like David Price got robbed for that World Series MVP. Just imagine if I, you <laughs> just imagine like this time last year, Same if someone man. was like Melissa, in the next 365 days, the words I think David Price got robbed of that World Series MVP are going to leave your mouth. Yeah, I would have been like wild. <laughs> Have, I'm gonna have, have a brain injury in the next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit, I got a TBI coming my way. <laughs> Better buckle up. Uh, yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I think you absolutely uh, should have uh, When uh, they MVP. cut to the presentation, uh, you know, I was at home watching it because I'm old, and I was like, oh, da obviously David Price is gonna win that MVP. And when they cut the camera and piss missile Pierce, yeah, is standing I was there. like, the fuck's this guy doing there? Were you just in the shot move? <laughs> and then I was like. Oh, they're giving it to Steve Paris? Like, I, mm -mm. yeah, I mean, those things, oh, those oh, things hey, tend to skew offensive. That yeah. was my only thought. I was like, maybe it's just they just want to like highlight the guy who like hit the dingers. I, but I just felt like it, 
he's not a star player Definitely either. Not. Like I would have even gotten it if let's say JD Martinez had hit those two home runs in that game. And so you gave it to him. Right. right. And it's like, okay, like he's a star in the league. That's like the Brady thing. But, like yeah. in like the 28 to three right. Super Bowl, like James White should have gotten that MVP, right. but they gave it to Brady because he's Brady. Like, it's like, there's yeah. a superstar effect for sure. And, and, but I just felt like uh, David Price really, really did come out in game five and was so dominant. Yeah. And it was hot after having come out of the bullpen in game three, game four and, and also in game three, I think yeah. after having started uh, game everybody two, <laughs> no, he, game he, three. he uh, I think he warmed up in game four. He, he was, I pitch. mean, yeah, they were yeah, saying so he like, was available, people were like fighting for the mound. He was available four out of the five days. So right. game one was the Chris sale day. He didn't do anything in that game. Game two, he started game three. He pitched game four. He was warm in the bullpen game five. He pitched. Like, I wonder who makes the decision on who's the MVP. Is it just Major League Baseball? I think that, that's a good question. Is it Chevy? We should have researched, <laughs> <laughs> researched this because I think there's like similar to how they do like real MVP, yeah, like yeah. The baseball writers. Just a writers. quick panel. Yeah. They do a Twitter poll. Yeah. And I think <laughs> so there was, I was listening to a little bit on the radio about this night of because uh, they did like overnight coverage on yeah. the Sports Hub. And they were talking about how like it, they were theorizing that like maybe baseball writers like held a grudge against David Price because he's just kind of been a pud to them for like years. <laughs> yeah. Well, which th the reason I bring that up is because that was how I got the theory that the writers voted. Oh, uh -oh. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can make the argument that like David Price, who did pitch out of his mind, was doing something that like everybody thought he was always capable of doing. Yeah, but he hadn't. Right. Oh, and no, I, I, yeah. I ultimately oh. I agree. I think Price should have been That's the MVP. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Yeah. I, I also, David Price doesn't do himself any favors though, because then he walks into the media room, looks around and goes, where is everybody? I'm not doing this for 10 people. And it's like, motherfucker, I want to be on your side. Yeah. And you, and then he's like, I have all the cards now. I have the Trump card. And I was like, Bro, come on. Yeah. I mean, he's right. He's right. <laughs> he's right. But you don't have to say it. There was also. We I, all know, David. We all know you were right and we were wrong. And after 10 years, you figured it out. But he isn't media savvy enough to understand that in that moment, he was right. He held all the cards and right. everyone was on his side. And if he had come out and been excited and like a little deferential and a little like this is amazing like i'm i'm so happy i was able to do this in the city of boston mm -hmm. like i know how enthusiastic their fans are and like i just i love that and it's what drew me to the city and like this is a dream come true oh my god he would have been a hero yeah. a local celebrity but he says that and then everyone's like fuck you well i mean <laughs> come on i don't think his post-game comments like make anybody feel any less good about what he it did it made me a little like all right douchebag no one needs to hear that from you the thing is i think i think david price actually did a really good job this postseason and even before the postseason started of at least i don't know how he feels obviously but sure. he was at least saying the right things yes. regarding his past because the thing is is like okay it's one thing if what the media is writing about you is like some trumped up like narrative. Right. But like, it was all just, you know, on the scoreboard, like he just hadn't pitched well in the postseason. It's <laughs> right. not, it's it was over for nine or whatever. Right. So like, it's not like a crazy, like take to say that David Price <laughs> yeah. sucks in the postseason. And he had began acknowledging as much. And he was like, yeah, like I gotta, I gotta perform. Like he said something before the postseason started, but like I could win, you know, all my starts all year and lose in October and I'd still be Doesn't like matter. hated or whatever. And it's yeah. like, yep, that's accurate. accurate. But so, you didn't. And I don't know. 
Yeah, he I just, mean, he, he had a He could have taken the high road, but see, this is why I say, I, this is why I say that I don't know how he felt because I think I do know how he felt, and I think he really just fucking hates the media. I think he and hated, hated the discussion and hated the coverage. But, but some part of him knew it was true, and either he did a really good job of just simply saying the right things, because I think his post game of like his like fuck you media tour, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. really just reveals that he just hates he hated the everybody the whole time. Yeah, so speaking of which, yeah. What'd you say uh, before we started recording? He has two days. The Sox have two days or something? Yeah, he has. And he had three days from the end of the World Series to opt in. So, yeah. And, and just for context, he is uh, he has been on the team for three years, I believe, maybe four. Sure. And he has a player option, a player for option for next year. So Sox can't opt whatever, but mm-hmm. Price can walk if he wants to. Right. And the Sox have already picked up sales option for 2019. Like of course. Would. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Although I don't know how oh, that shoulder might be jacked, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, so they, they have a couple big decisions to make uh, as we're now heading into the off season, which is kind of crazy. One, obviously Price actually gets to make the decision. What do you think? What do you think he will do? What do you think he should do? Um... I, so it's parade day tomorrow. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Oh, I wonder what the deadline is. He it really hates everybody. He like could that. like get on his duck boat with a sign. <laughs> so with like, like a I'm Miami out, Marlins jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I would actually. I think he opts in. I do too. So that's my prediction. What I would love and I would actually respect the hell out of David Price if yeah. he opted out. I would. I would like tip my cap to David Price, who signed with the Red Sox mm-hmm. because they outbid everybody on the free agent market four by, years ago yeah. by so much that he really wanted to be a St. Louis Cardinal. The Cardinals experience is nothing like the Red Sox experience right. in terms of pressure and media and fan base. It's a very sort of happy, happy joy environment yeah, you're not down quite there. So under the microscope. Uh, so the Red Sox just blew their offer out of the water and basically made him an offer he couldn't refuse to use the cliche. Yeah. And so he comes here and like anybody that's paid attention to this team over the last three or four years knows that David Price fucking hates Boston. Oh, he hates it. He there. hates, hates it the there. media. He hates the fans. He hates the talk radio. If he was aware of podcasts like ours, he would probably <laughs> hate us too. Like he fucking <laughs> hates it. And I would just... I would have so much respect for him if he was like, oh, now you fucking like me? Yeah. Great. I'm out. Peace. Deuces, like, losers. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. I, I won't, I think he will opt in, but his stock's never been higher right. than it is right now. And so he could go somewhere and get probably a five-year well, deal. I don't know. I mean, his stock is very high. That's definitely true. But There's I mean, teams like, out there he got a play, pay record-breaking contract money. when he signed here four years yeah. ago. So I don't know if he would be able to get that money necessarily. Right. Guy gets like $30 million a year or some it's shit dumb. like that. But the Sox aren't going to sign him again after next year. There's no way. They'd be stupid too. But I think the opt-in is for like... It's Two years. More, I think it's more than just the one. It's well, definitely more than just the one. We'll know sure. by tomorrow what he's going to do. Yeah. Oh God, I would just respect the hell out of David Price if he was like, yeah, fuck you. Like I was going to leave no matter what. Like winning this World Series is, is no, it has nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. if he fucking failed, right? Like let's oh, just, we'd be like, opt live out, world, you bum. Live in a world where <laughs> yeah. game two was just a loss every, fu- like, yeah, like the Yankee series, right? So like you win fucking three games, but the one that you lost was the Price one, right? Every so time. like if that was just the way that this whole postseason went, uh, they wouldn't have been able to win the World Series that way, obviously, because David Price was a big part of it. But like, he probably would have opted out then. Yeah, and I don't think. Well, maybe he wouldn't. I don't know because the money's just so good. Yeah, yeah, and his he would have had a hard time getting an equal contract oh, because yeah, he totally. still would have yeah, had that monkey right. on his now back of not it. being able to win a world a postseason game. Totally. Yeah. So but in now that, case, that he's he shaking that, I wonder what he'd get out there. 
Yeah. Well, well, the mystery of it all. I'd like for him to say like, I've got, I mean, he's always been a good regular season pitcher. Yeah. It seems like now that he's got like a, men- he, you know, some sort of mental shit. We were talking I last got- week about when he was interviewed about that um, game five start in Houston mm-hmm. and he referred to himself getting warmed up in the bullpen in game four. Yeah. And he was like, I found something in the bullpen yeah. and you and I were talking about, do, do we th- think it was like a mechanical thing or like an emotional, <laughs> spiritual thing or whatever? Yeah. Do we, I, think I was thinking it was something him. mechanical. I thought yeah. he like literally was referring to like a, a delivery type thing. Cause these guys are all nerds about that. And you had said that you thought it was like more, Oh, I thought his internal his like pitching coach just Jesus. lied to him and said, oh, right. we were doing this weird thing. <laughs> Try this. Oh, so much better, David. Yeah. He had been asked about he. So since that time, he's been asked about that further. And it's yeah, he hasn't gotten into specifics of like what the it was that he found. But it's pretty clear to me that it was not mechanical. Like he like it was a mental thing. It was an emotional thing that like he I don't know. Oh, really? Because I heard a report today that um he was tipping pitches. No, that's Kimbrell. Oh, Kimbrell had the thing where Kimbrell had the thing where fucking uh, what's his face? What's that from guy? the Yankees, right? No, yeah, from the Yankees series. But oh, Jesus Christ, Gagne, Eric Gagne. Oh yeah, called the guy with the Rex specs <laughs> yeah, from yeah, back yeah. in the day who yeah. sucked for us. But uh, <laughs> he like called the Red Sox like, "Hello, right? Hey, remember Alex me? Alex Cora, please. Yeah, <laughs> Dana Levangie, please." Uh, and like told him to see me. Yeah, that was Kurt Kimbrell. Uh, Which wouldn't even, even make sense because Kimbrell was fucking walking everybody. I yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know what he was tipping. <laughs> Low and outside. This one's great. Yeah, this yeah. one's going in the dirt. <laughs> Yeah, I could call that too. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I didn't need someone stealing signs behind. Yeah, I didn't need Sega to see like to what he, like which way he was wiggling his toes <laughs> to know he was going to throw a ball for. <laughs> what uh, would you do with uh, Nathan Valdi? Another pending free agent, no yeah. option or anything weird there. He's not, just yeah, just a free agent because they he was a midseason acquisition. Mm-hmm. I don't, my my heart says sign him. He was great. Fucking sign him. Let's do it. My head him. is like. I don't know. If there it was depends a, how much they get him for it. If there was a postseason MVP award, yeah, it'd Nathan be him. Avaldi. It'd be him. Nathan Avaldi was overall balls. Yeah, best team player. That guy was the best. That was the like I can't even get over like how good he was. Game three in New York. Game three in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, game three of fucking the LA series that went forever. Like mm-hmm. he made his game four start in game three and went right. seven innings scoreless, almost scoreless. <laughs> and like that guy just fucking hero. Yeah. I, I mean, that, but see, that's why my heart says, yeah, sign him. But like, can you really take on another big contract pitcher? Right. I mean, odds are, I think they probably won't sign him. Like if he is, he and his agent, whoever that may be are like yeah. smart, savvy. Right. They business should be people. looking for 20 million a year. Yeah, they, I mean, they should the just go to the highest 10. bidder. And like Nathan Valdi, I mean, like, you know, baseball players make a lot of money. So it's not like I'm like feeling too bad. But like Nathan Valdi's basically been like a journeyman pitcher his whole career. And like now he can like really cash in. Yeah, like, I think he only made like one or two million dollars this season. Like he was not couldn't have been a lot. high paid. Couldn't have been a lot. He's had two Tommy John surgeries. Like he was basically like washed up, sort of like damaged goods. Still young, obviously. Like he's not like old as far as MLB standards go. But yeah, I mean, he should fucking cash in. I yeah. doubt it's going to be the Red Sox because they're like right up against it no oh, matter what. Yeah. They're um, already into luxury taxes. Yeah, I think so. A lot. Um, you know who I have a question about? Yes. What? I mean, well, no, I don't. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do with Dustin Pedroia? Who fucking cares? Well, he's still on the team, believe it or not. Yeah. And I didn't do enough research to know what his contract situation is. But like, I feel like we're all like, 
buy. Yeah. <laughs> and he kinda. is going to want to hold on. Maybe. I mean, like he's a baseball player. Uh, he's, I am assume he's going to want to play. Let yeah. Look up his and then contract. he's going to think that he can like come back, but they have this great young talented core. Well, and like, I, here's the thing about the great untalented core is they don't have a great young talented second baseman. Yeah. I, I don't know who they have in Providence that may be good. Um, or pause tuck it and they had enough <laughs> I just moved they them. had enough of a gap there to sign ian kinsler and sign brandon phillips so yeah i mean pedroia to me is is from a is from a past yeah from a past red sox era he signed until 2022 whoa fuck so this is a decision they're gonna have to make i mean i wonder if they could convince him to be like what he was this year this postseason which was technically i think he was on ir yeah. uh Tony Maserati on Baseball Reporters was talking about this one day earlier because some caller was bitching about how they're wasting a roster spot on Dustin Pedroia. And he was like, no, they're not. He's on IR. And you have to make an appeal to Major League Baseball for an injured player to be on the bench, oh. to be like with the team. Sure. And he said, generally in the postseason, MLB is extremely lenient with that particular rule. But like technically, he's just on IR and shouldn't be with the team, but like they appealed and so he's oh. there. And he was basically just like, I don't really know what he was doing. Like coaching, coaching ish, like sort of kind of coaching, like from the dugout, like a consultant. Like, I wonder if they offer him, like, do you want to do like, if you like opt out of your contract, we'll do this. Right. And if we like, we love you. Like Red Sox fans love you. We want to keep you in the organization. We can't keep you on the field. Right. You can't because stay on the field. You kind of suck. You're hurt all the time. Right. And like, you're at the end of your career. If you like stay under this contract, like we're going to trade your ass, but, or DFA you, but which would be, if you don't, Oh, I don't think they would do that. They did it to Hanley. Yeah, but that's fucking Hanley. That's a whole different Yeah. But thing. if Pedroia is not contributing and no one will take them, like at some point, the betterment of the team has to come first. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if no, if they were asking too much for him, then yeah, sure. But I right. mean, if they were like giving him away on the trade market for like some, you know, sure. Which is, Potatoes. If I were Pedroia, though, like being traded for a bag of balls or being DFA'd is way more embarrassing. I would rather just retire. Agreed. Yeah. Unless, I mean, uh, the thing is, like, that's what like a logical person would conclude. Like, mo the, what I've found in my years of watching sports is yeah. no athlete fucking ever quits while they're ahead. Like everybody thinks yeah, they have more in them. Yeah. When they everybody think wants to ahead. play. Yeah. Particularly in baseball. We're like, you know, he's you not that play. old. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think the Red Sox would be smart to be like, Hey man, like, let's be honest. This is your playing days are behind you. Right. We love you though. So maybe just keep doing what you're doing this year and like stay, uh, stay in the organization. I don't know. Be a second base, you know, infield coach or something like that. I mean, I'm sure they have that. Yeah, you know, sure we you got, we more. got, you know, so-and-so in the, in, in the minor leagues, right, we, help him he, get ready. Totally. Help him be the new you. Yeah. Who else, is there any other like big time free agent type things they got to figure out? Uh, there's a bunch of free agent stuff. They got to figure out. Joe Kelly is technically a free agent. Craig, Craig Kimbrell. I cannot say that. So he really yeah, needs to go. This will probably be the last time. Thank God. <laughs> Cause I can't get that name out of my mouth. I would get rid of Kimbrell. I think he's I would gone. consider making fucking Joe Kelly the, the, the closer. The closer. Well, yeah, but he go, he's got to keep it together in the middle of the season, too. True. He can't just fucking fall apart in June, July, and August. No, this is the new model for winning championships. <laughs> just, you just suck all year, it. and then you tighten that <laughs> shit up in the playoffs, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should be an interesting offseason, but the, I mean, the, the real the real sort of like nucleus of the team, yeah. um, assuming that price opts in, you got Sale under contract, Price under contract, Mookie, Xander, J.D. Martinez, like you're you're in Benatendi, like you're in really good yeah. shape there i mean Bradley. that's how uh that yeah that's how these fucking 
teams go on and win multiple championships is when you yeah. have a lot of homegrown players who are on relatively cheap contracts. It's not when you go out and acquire a bunch of free agents because that fucking hamstrings you. Then you end up like the Dodgers. We got Machado and Puig and Clayton Kershaw and a couple other big names, but they're surrounded by a bunch of sort of journeymen, right. like platoon guys who like aren't really. And you've traded away your farm system. So you have nobody coming up right. to replace right. those guys. Yeah. Um, I, I think they'll mostly stay together. The, you know, the triple B's will be back in action. Yeah. You know? I mean, and one thing that was very clear in this postseason is the value of their like defensive outfield. Yeah. Like it's sick. Mm -hmm. like when JD Martinez misplayed that uh, pop up yeah. in that one game. Remember that when he like I lost did. it and yeah. like yeah, and was just totally fucked. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the sun at like 830 in the night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I was like, oh my God. Like when was yeah, the last we haven't time seen that. you remember anything even close to that? Like that was just like, oh my God, I'm out of my element. Yeah. But like, you know, between all the fucking diving catches and like Ben attendee, like on the run, Mookie He's like, fucking doing all sorts of crazy shit. Jackie Bradley league. Jr. is like so fucking good that like he's just always there. Like he doesn't make circus catches because he's just always whoop, in the right place. He's always right yeah, under it. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is like incredibly valuable uh, for the Red Sox. And when they're all hitting, all the better. Quick take on Machado slash Puig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Machado striking out to end the. Oh, wasn't that so perfect? It was just the, when he came up and it was two outs. I was like, oh, please, please just strike out. I really want oh, to strike out throw looking. At him. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they'd fucking ding one off his ass. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, just watching him take that huge cut and go down on the knee as like uh, Vasquez runs out to hug yeah. Sale. I was like, yes. Dude, Manny Machado is the biggest douche he's a like, piece of shit i i'm like struggling to find someone comparable like i had previously like i don't watch a lot of dodgers baseball right so like yeah. i saw why, the clips and you? i watched as much as the nlcs as i could while i was watching the alcs which obviously took up like 12 fucking hours of my life <laughs> every three days um but like i had previously in our past episode compared him to brad marchand Oh yeah, Who like a little nudge. Has like a fucking complex where he just like has to be like fucking with people, you know? Yeah. Licking people last season in the playoffs and like dirty hits and blah, blah, blah. He's nothing like Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand competes his fucking ass off. Brad Marchand was like a wicked low draft pick, had to fight and kick and scratch his way into the league. The most frustrating part about Brad Marchand is he's good enough now that he doesn't have to do all that bullshit right. anymore. And he just keeps Because all that it. little rat fuck shit that he used to do was sort of why teams were like, well, you know, this guy's a little fucking dirt ball like you hate him when he's not on your team but you love him when he is Manny Machado was nothing like that Manny Machado was like silver spoon as far as baseball is concerned and talent like super high draft pick gonna get paid a gazillion dollars next year has always been good and does have that same little complex but like dude doesn't try no he's no hustle dude does not try like he what was the quote the fucking he well, he said like I'm not captain hustle or whatever yeah. something like so this that. was in i think but, it was in game two or yeah, maybe three it, where he hits like a deep uh deep ball to left field and he's yeah. like sitting at home plate like watching it it right. bounces off the even, wall and turns into a single yeah it was a long ass single and he was like basically said like well i'm not gonna give it my all running to first and he's <laughs> a free agent at the and end the of the world season series. i know like you're not gonna give it your all running to it. first on some random in fucking july august fine. afternoon like yeah. okay whatever like no one's gonna really get on you that bad but like because no one's watching there are times <laughs> manny where like things matter and right. running hard down the first baseline like fucking totally matters he was there was 
at the end of, uh, oh God, I'm so bad at remembering which game things happened, but there was a game in which he made the final out and it was when he, I think it was in game four. It was game four. Um, he was the final out in game four and five. Yeah. He grounded out. Great. Um, and it was when he fucking stepped on Steve Pierce's leg at first, which is like, Oh cool. Manny Machado of all the hundreds of players to cross first base in this year's postseason, you seem to be the only person that can't avoid the first baseman's foot. Yeah. Twice. You dick. There was another, uh, uh, during that same fucking play, he's like five steps away from the first base bag and he's blowing a bubble. He's got gum in his mouth and he's blowing a bubble. You think it was big league running too? to first. It's like, what, what are you doing? Just fucking run. Like, oh my God. And Puig, like, I, I don't, again, don't know enough about it, but like Yasiel Puig, I guess, I mean, he was, he, he dogs it down the first baseline. He's not quite as much of a putz as Machado is. Like he's not dirty. I don't yeah. think, but he's just, he fucking annoys the shit out of me. Puig does. Yeah, I can't. So I have this really I, difficult yeah, take it's with Yasiel Puig. Give on the if you if you want to go back and watch any given Yasiel Puig at bat, just watch what he does, like with his body. He doesn't do <laughs> he's basically he an doesn't, alien. Yeah, like he's a very weird guy, and he doesn't do normal things that baseball players do. <laughs> In any situation, it's very strange. I can't really describe it, so it's I'm not like going to waste anybody's trying to act time like trying a human to. And just like, can't pull it off. He's just he's as you can. He knows the cameras are on him. He wants to make sure that he like does something memorable to make people remember. I mean, I don't know. It's just like this weird like uh, narcissistic thing that he has to do to like make sure that he like does something funky. Uh, what if the Sox sign Machado with him? Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that dude. It's like seriously, he Manny Machado. Don't, I, don't d- I would love to say him. that he lost himself a lot of money in this offseason, but he didn't because he's still talented as and hell. It's still baseball and they give people overinflated contracts all the time. Yeah, every day. And <laughs> like, but man, did he fucking embarrass himself this postseason? Like not only with the dirty play, but with just like lack of effort. Like you're in the World Series, man. Like what is yeah, wrong Get with it you? together. If there's seven games that you're going to give it your all, make it these. Seriously. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. What else we got? We have a couple calls. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Should we play those? Yeah, we should. All right. You want to take some calls? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Let's do this. Hey, guys. It's Steven from the Twin. I want to talk about David Price. Really happy that he overcame his struggles in the playoffs. You know, all that crap he pulled from the past three years, including his allergy thing, the laundry thing, the can't pitch in the dark thing, the X thing, the Fortnite thing, and the Johnny Miller thing, all is forgiven. I think this is the best possible outcome for both Price and the Sox that he became hot so late in the postseason. Here's my take. I think he's going to opt out. Someone is going to pay him 5 for 150 with a lot less stress from the media. I think the Sox can use that money to sign Evaldi long-term for less than 30 per year uh, on Price. Then use that savings to get some help in middle relief or get a fifth starter. What are your thoughts? All right. So, Price, we talked a little bit about how uh, I think it would be fucking rad as shit if he opts yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. The, the Yeah. I mean, if he opts out, the problem, right, is the gamble that he's taking. Because, like, there's no guarantee that you walk away and someone else is going to give you that money. Like, all signs would point to yes. And I'm sure his agent has done some homework to find out if that's even a possibility but like he has to decide quick before he really even has a chance to think like his world series high isn't even over yet and they're like well you coming back or not yeah what's the deal buddy and so i 
I think he's gonna stay. Uh, yeah, if I had to, if I'm picking it, I think he would. I think he stays. Yeah, because at this point, like he's got the monkey off his back. He knows he's gonna make lots of money. Obviously, right. I mean, at the time that he signed that contract uh, four years ago, it was he was the highest paid pitcher in baseball. Yeah, just dumb. Um, which I think has since no longer become the case. But like, it would make sense for him to stick around. I think more so yeah. than it would to leave. But unless. He really just wanted to be like, get me the fuck out of Boston. Like, yeah. In which case, like I said, I would respect the hell out of him. I don't know if I'm necessarily rooting for that. Like, I don't like hate David Price. Sure. Um, just double freedom rockets. But it would be, I would be like, damn, man, that's ballsy. If he was like, yeah, oh, you like me now? Bye bye. Yeah. Don't care. I'm uh, out. Something about his first point, Stephen from the twins, first point. Yeah. Uh, do you think all that like price bullshit stuff where he was just kind of like a baby? making excuses about allergies and numb fingers and all that stuff. Do you think that's all a race now? Yeah. I think Red Sox fans are a very forgiving bunch. So I, I, I think like the minute you come up big and win a world series, like the way David Price did essentially. Yeah. I think he's now locked in as a fan favorite. Yeah. Yeah. If he reverts, it's a whole different thing. Whole other story. I mean, he's still himself. Like I I don't think he's going to become a tool. Like if he changes everything about himself, <laughs> you know, like from like pitching performance is one thing, but also personality and the way that he yeah. comports himself with the media and like whatever, the like fans, then I guess yeah. so. You keep in mind though, there's been a lot of like redemption stories in Boston sports where like the guy leaves. Like the, my reference last week was like John Lackey. Like he yeah. was an asshole for like three or four years and then he won the world series in 13. Then he was gone. Yeah, so may, like maybe we never, you're better off to leave on if top. If he quits while he he's <laughs> ahead, certainly all that yeah. other shit is forgiven, no doubt about it. But right. if he's on the team for like another three years and, yeah, and like he never repeats this performance, yeah, then like I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess we'll have to see. This becomes the one-off, yeah, and not the thing you remember, right? It's and like I mean, oh yeah, he had that one good year. Okay, it was one year. Who yeah, cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, want to do another call? Hi, this is Shamu from Medford. And I just wanted to ask a question, a nice trivia question. The Red Sox didn't lose more than three games in a row this season. I wonder when the last time it was that a team made it through the whole season without losing more than three in a row. It seemed really unusual and really special. And uh, in the light of the world championship, that's something that might get passed over. But I thought it was very significant this season about the kind of team and how they weren't going to stay down for very long. Thanks. Good question. Good question. So if you've listened to our podcast a lot though, Shamu, you know, we don't deal in facts very often. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know the answer to your question. Uh, yeah. So last team, not Red Sox team, just any team. Yeah. I have a guess. Uh, what's your guess? My guess would be the 98 Yankees. Who the 98 were like, Yankees. But I, I have no idea. Hmm could also tell me it was like the 01 pirates and i'd be like okay <laughs> yeah 98 98 yankees were 114 and 48 yeah that's pretty goddamn good that's what the Sox did this year right 114 no 108 108 right uh it was 119 with all their postseason oh wins. right 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 right. uh 01 mariners seattle mariners were 116 oh yeah that was a good team and 46 i'll take them okay i'll take those shamu guys. tweet us and tell us i feel like right. i feel like uh shamu and medford being a local guy I feel like it might be a Red Sox team. Oh, well, now like it could be like 67 or something like that. Wouldn't that be an interesting turn? Who knows? Uh, if you got Twitter, yeah. you can tweet at us or call back next week. Yeah. And let us know Lines that, are open. how wrong we are. Here's another question, though. Yeah. Do you think that the fact that they didn't lose one three in a row was like a significant factor in the postseason? Um, 
Yeah, because I think that winning breeds winning. And like you are heading into this postseason with the mentality of like, well, we've never lost more than three in a row. And like, you can't tell me they don't know that. Like they've never had a slump. They've never had a losing streak. They've never had to bring themselves out of it. Mm -hmm. All they know is like how to win and how good they are together. And so I think that confidence goes a long way when you're heading into the postseason and like no lead is too big to overcome and you know no pitcher or team is like so significantly better than you that like you don't have a chance against them yeah you know and i think it it keeps the team feeling like we've got this we've had it all season we can keep doing it for three more series yeah to me the not losing more than three in a row never losing more than three in a row is more of like a matter of focus like in baseball, more than any other sport, they play 162 goddamn games for Christ's sake. It's like lot. very easy to just take a game off, you know, yeah. mentally. Um, sure. And we saw, we talked about this earlier in the season that one of the biggest differences between the Yankees and the Red Sox in terms of record was the Yankees would pretty regularly drop games to teams that they really should beat yeah. on any given night. And the Red Sox really didn't. They stayed locked in all year. That's why they won as many games as they did. And I think that that's just that like, day in day out like focus like no days off type mentality is something that definitely like once it's playoff time it's not like you're you know getting like kicked into playoff mode and like high gear of effort at just this one time of year like the red sox were locked into like we're a fucking winning team we're going to take every game seriously we're going to try really hard we're going to win like that was their approach from day one. Yeah, you don't have to turn it on. Yeah. Because it's been on yeah. the whole time. And I mean, teams will tell you that that's their approach from day one. But like when you watch them, you're like, yeah, clearly like, right. you know, whatever. You've got to fucking. They don't phone it in. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Patriot-esque is what I would call Ooh. it in terms of just like <laughs> just... week in, week out. Like you don't, you never see the Patriots drop of random fucking, rarely anyways over the years. Do you see them like really lose a game they shouldn't right. lose? Um, so yeah, I do think that was significant on a related note. Yeah. We got an email this week. I'm so excited, which you can if, email us too. Th- if you're thinking to yourself out there, title town listener, I never heard him throw an email address out there. Well, that's true. We haven't, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to email address, uh, email us, you can do so at title town sports podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Knock yourselves out. Yeah. Go freaking crazy. This particular emailer goes by Christine and she says, consider this a write in for title town as I'm at work and cannot call. Uh, she says, Alex Spear wrote an article in the, in the Boston globe today about the Sox reason for success. And his conclusion was that it was forming a tight bond as teammates since day one with Alex Cora as manager. Yeah. Uh, he quotes in that article, assistant pitching coach, Brian Bannister. Bannister says, you can assemble great talent, but chemistry is the thing people argue about. Is it there? Is it a real thing? That's true, Brian Bannister. We do argue about yeah. that. It's uh, like you're speaking right to us. <laughs> Brian Bannister goes on to say, I've been on a lot of teams and there were only a couple that have had this kind of chemistry. And you don't win 100, 108 games without it. Uh, so Christine goes on to say that her question is for me specifically. Mm-hmm. And after shitting all over the Eagles team chemistry, criticizing Lane Johnson for suggesting teams should have fun and claiming that the chemistry argument is overrated in all sports. Well, I don't, the chemistry argument is great. (laughs) The chemistry (laughs) itself is overrated in all of sports. Uh, And a winning comes first type mentality uh, is, wait, I lost my sport. I lost my sport. Are you ready to admit that Melissa uh, was right in episode 25, deep poll. Great citation. I think we're on 55 right now. (laughs) And say that team chemistry comes first or at least equally as important as skill considering that it seems to take uh, seems to be the take of the Red Sox themselves. Thanks. Love the show. Christine. She sounds smart. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, Craig, are you ready to admit you were wrong? <laughs> well, so here's here's what I think. I think that uh, the difference, like this team, clearly had great chemistry. Right, no doubt about that. I, I'm not. I don't deny that chemistry exists. I just I, my question has always been, what comes first? Do winning teams have more fun because they're winning, and then therefore you get things like you know the little dick slap thing that the, the Red Sox did at second base every time that they would like hit an extra base hit or like all these little like fun, goofy, you know, guys throwing, putting pie in each other's face after walk-offs or like dumping Gatorade, like whatever, like shit like that. Like just that, are you happy because you're winning or are you winning because you're happy has always been sort of my question and I've fallen on the happy because you're winning side of that argument. Uh, but I think definitely if you take this team and like you look at the difference between this team and last year's team yeah. where roster wise, other than, Avaldi, JD Martinez, Steve Pierce, and Alex Cora, and Ian Kinsler is basically the same roster. I mean, it's like 40 guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I th- one of the differences between this year and last year, when last year was a postseason failure and this one was obviously a success, I think is the chemistry on the team for sure. Oh my God. But ninety percent of the reason that they're there in the right. first place is the talent okay. on the roster. Yeah, but I think that you can only do so much with the talent if you don't have each other's backs and you're not willing to like support each other and encourage each other and be like moving in the same direction. Like, are are you all equally invested and do you enjoy each other and do you, you know, like relish seeing your peers succeed because you have a great relationship with them? Like, right. are you willing to equally celebrate with them and use that as maybe momentum for your own? behavior and your own play on the field because you want to do the best for those guys around you because they're doing their best for you because you have great team unity and chemistry. Yeah, totally. I think Alex Cora inspired that. And I think it shows in the way that he was able to handle the team and manage the team and they supported him at every turn. That part is very clear. The Cora element and like, there's a lot of that. That's like, you know, that's a big part of the job of manager is like manage the relationships, manage the egos, manage the the team in a personal relationship type of way, as well as obviously on the field. And like, you'd be hard pressed to find an interview with any player on this roster who doesn't cite Alex Cora as one of the reasons that they won the world series. So yeah. like chemistry or no, or whatever, like the Cora factor was huge, Man. massive. In fact, earlier, like way, 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 way early before the season even started, before they signed JD Martinez, yeah. I was like excited because I want, I really didn't like John Farrell. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this will be interesting if they actually don't make any changes other than manager. Oh, yeah. It'd be fascinating just from like a troubleshooting perspective. <laughs> like from 17 to 18, you only make one change and yeah. you see what happens. Like right. I, I've, you know, obviously a lot's happened since then. But at yeah. the time, I was like, oh, that would be really funny to see just how bad John Farrell was. If you only make one change. Well, and it would be a good like, uh, experiment on the role of the manager. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because a lot of times people say like, Oh, a manager in baseball doesn't really need to do anything. Yeah. But you know, it'd be interesting to see like what impact they do. have. Totally. And I mean, it was obvious to anybody with a brain that Cora was making a huge impact and, and listen to anything the players have to say. Yeah. They'll, they'll cite AC as a huge reason that they won for sure. And their chemistry was untouchable, untouchable chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to forgo. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you have thing? no, I was going to say the same thing you were about to say. We're going to forgo our lightning round this week. Our traditional it's been a, it's been a long episode. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to truncate our normal lightning round where we go around the world of sports and we want to boil it down to two questions. Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the 2018 world championship, Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have their parade tomorrow. I want to ask you, in summary, what's my costume going to be? 
Yeah. Mine's going to be Alex Cora. Um, <laughs> do you think this is the best Red Sox team ever? Uh, do I think this is the best Red Sox team ever? I, y- short answer, yes, I do. They beat the shit out of the league and they beat the shit out of the, their playoff opponents. So like just in terms of like scoreboard, they fucking knocked everybody's teeth in all year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to steal a take sure. real quick. Uh, so I was, like I said earlier, maybe I was listening to, uh, <laughs> the sports hub, like after the game was over and someone stayed on the air all night. I want to say it was, uh, Adam Coffin, but I, I honestly don't remember. So sorry to whoever that person is, but they were talking about whether same question and they differentiated between the greatest Red Sox team of all time versus the best Red Sox. Team yeah. of all time. And I kind of like, like that take and I'm not going to take it, which is the fact that like nothing's ever going to top Oh four because number one, they were a fucking wagon. They were yeah. really, really good. Yeah. And number two, you can't like quantify like just the weight of the 86 years and the curse and the history and the mm-hmm. previous year. Oh three and Aaron Boone and all that sort of stuff. And just like all that PTSD was just like so much. And so like, that was the greatest one. Yeah. Like this one might be better just yeah. on paper, like it, how they performed, but I don't know if they're the greatest. Yeah. From a statistical perspective, this team is certainly better, but yeah. I think from a legacy and like meaningfulness to the city, the O four team has to surpass any team ever. Totally. And I mean, also, I think it it's yet to be seen like what happens next. Like if the Red Sox win the World Series next year, oh God, with, like the same roster more or yeah. less, like obviously there's going to be little changes around the edges, but like fundamentally like Mookie Betts, Sander Bogus, Jackie Bradley, Andrew Benintendi, J.D. Martinez, Alex Cora, Chris Sale, David Price, all these motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, like they're a lot of them are going to come back. Um, Whole lineup. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like, I don't know, maybe if they win back to back, like we might have a different discussion. But for now, yeah, oh, four is yeah. can't be can't be touched. Here's a good one for you, Melissa. I yeah. know you have a lot of passion about this. I do. You're not alone. Uh, you at home may have noticed that on the broadcast of some of these games, you've heard a Yankee suck chant coming from the crowd. Uh, as much as I'd like to chalk that up to like LA Red Sox fans who are like out of town and out of touch and just like being stupid. Yeah, bandwagoners. It did happen in Fenway and you heard it in some of the coverage uh, on Sunday night when they won. So I want your opinion. Why do you feel about this whole Yankee suck thing when... Goes without saying, the Yankees have not been in the playoffs now for like two weeks. Yeah, it's amateur hour. Like, I saw a quote where someone from the Yankees organization was like, well, it just shows that we're in their fans' psyche. And I just think it's like, what? When you're playing the Yankees, absolutely bring that out. Bring like, it on. It's there. Do it. Let Go it rain for it. down from the heavens. They're, when they're not even involved and they've been on the golf course for 10 days, like, leave it at home. Stop talking about them. You, you know, and I just think like, you had an opportunity to, to you are the bigger team. You are the better team in the last 15 years Yeah, yeah. by a significant margin. Stop letting them dominate your thoughts around baseball. They should be chanting Boston sucks. Should be the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. I hard agree. Hard agree. I mean, like we, we, the, we've exercised the demon. Yeah. It's over. Uh, and yeah, it's just like lame. You made a point earlier too, that, off the air, but there is a built-in chant already. Right? Like, yeah, for a Boston LA. Boston series. LA is not an, a new. You got beat new, LA. It's yeah, right there it's, for you. It's it's right there. there. I got a million posters I can show you. Remember <laughs> that, like this, uh, the Celtics even this year in their Philadelphia series made the shirts like the beat Philly, like capitalize yeah. L, and, you know, play right. on thing. Like that's an established thing. You want to chant yeah. something? Chant that. Right. Easy. It's it's there. You, we're not even asking you to make up something new. Use yeah. what already exists, people. 
Title town. <laughs> yeah, to start that chant. That would be great. Like my friend on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, pissed me off too. Uh, anyway. Uh, wait, can I get your take on David Ortiz being on the field uh, after they won? No. <laughs> You're just trying to make me angry no, now. One of the things I was just thinking about how we've like exercised the demon on the Yankees thing is that like we even get to enjoy watching David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez on TV after every game breaking yeah. it down and A-Rod has to sit there and fucking eat shit. I know, I do like that So part. that's even better. I, like, well, no, a big poppy, get the fuck out of here. I saw him come running out in his suit and he put the wor- World Series hat on. Yeah. I think that might have been the part that irritated me hmm. the most is like you're you're not on the team dude like you didn't win you're not a world series champion this year and like you're great and you're a like legend in this town oh yeah leave it at that i don't need like larry bird running on the court the next time the celtics win a right, championship right. yeah i mean let it go the thing with david ortiz if yeah if any for anybody that watched him he was you know not exactly nonpartisan. No, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and I mean, I can understand why he was particularly excited because he's not so far removed from right. this. He team. was there like, last year. He played year. with like, Mookie Betts. He played yeah, with. He Jackie knows Bradley. those like, guys. He should yeah. be pumped. He and I'm sure not he gave them a lot of tutelage in his, you know, in his crossover years with them. But yeah, he was <laughs> he was definitely feeling like he was part of it. He there. was like the, the. He also played with Alex Cora. Like you know, I mean, yeah, he yeah. was like sure. very much. I'll give him this one. He, he he was like the college junior whose high school team just won a championship <laughs> running out onto the field. Like, At the house party. Go away. With a yeah, beard. Exactly. <laughs> Get lost. He's like Uncle Rigo from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyhow. Well, that was a good uh, long episode. Great season by the Red Sox. We'll put a little bow on it. Great postseason. Great World Series. It We're was a lot of fun. Ready to move on to the other three teams and sure hopefully are. repeat some success there. Totally. That would be lovely. Totally. If you have any thoughts, please hit us up at any and all social media at Titletown Pod. We also got an email address if you want to use that yeah, too. If you want to go more out. long form, if 140 <laughs> characters is too restricting, <laughs> uh, Podcast at gmail.com is, I believe, our email address. It is. I checked. And you can always call us, obviously, at 904-87-TT-POD. Nice. Leave a message. We're always there. Uh, and if you're feeling frisky, uh, you can go on to iTunes, leave us a review or a rating or both. Uh, and if you really want to help us out, uh, if you're a fan of the show, tell a friend. This is a great time to be a Boston <laughs> sports fan and therefore right. a great time to listen to our uh, podcast. Yeah, so. tell, tell the person next to you on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See anyway. you next week. Bye. Um, all right, let's do it. Okay. Is my math right on the four? <clears throat> I wrote uh, 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 fourth time in 14 years, or is it 15 years for the Red Sox? How do you uh, count that 04 thing? It was 04. <laughs> I know that was 14 years ago, but every article I read keeps saying 15 years. 04 to 14 is 10. Yeah. 
15, 16, 17, 8. 16, 17, 18. But you count. It's like 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> See, it's very confusing. Yeah. 4 to 14 is 10. And then 11 is... Yeah, but it's because you have to count I'm sorry, 4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, so the, I can't really see this right now. 4, yeah. 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. 15. 15. Okay. Because you count both. Right. They both count in this case. Yeah. Oh, 04 is not, not zero. Oh, 04 is one. Right. Fuck it. I, 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 think I better make sure we get that right before we record that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 